Let me just get a headset so I don't get any back feed. Oh wait, no, I can't do that. I can't do that because I need to. I need to test some sound effects. Hold on. No, that's not it. Test the sound effects, but then yeah, grab a headset because I don't have a pair of headphones on account of being deaf. Nope. I need a G. What is this? No, that's not it. What are you doing? You'll see. Is this a bit? Why? Oh, God. This isn't a bit. It's going to be part of a bit. Oh, Christ. Okay. Okay, that'll do. That's actually the one I was looking for. Oh, my God. Welcome back. It has been approximately um, 600 years. Since Legends of Chernobyl was on yeah, the air, players rose and fucking fell. I, I mean, a whole new Pokemon game came out. Like, I'm sorry, but you expect me to continue to give a shit about the like a whole Pokemon game? Yeah, I got into a Bayonetta. Like, a things, whole were, things, were, things got weird. I completed the Pokedex before I completed the Pokedex by New Year's Eve. Like, I, I, I got Phil. But I mean, how was? Now that Legends is back, you don't have to keep shiny chaining. Oh, I'm li- oh, it's funny you say that because guess I literally just went and grabbed my switch and turned it on, and guess when I'm back to. <sighs> All right. Well, I guess we it's should okay, open. Rose, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's we're fine. gonna do something topical. We're gonna do something topical, and we're gonna open. Bar? With- yes, we're gonna open. Well, we're gonna open with something. You know, something very sad that happened. Someone who is leaving us. Um. Today it was announced. Actually, let me just double check this because if it's not true, I'm gonna. Oh, yeah, Eli Manning's it. leaving. Eli Manning's retiring. Yes, that is exactly what I was going to say. Today it was yes, announced I that Eli, Eli Manning I is retiring from the Giants, and so you know what that means. Oh boy. Do you want to start the song, or should I start the song? Oh, oh my God! All right, you do it. Just leave me in. Uh, okay, we're going to be accordion noise again. The accordion noise. I thought it was a kazoo. Okay, fine. Do you want a better accordion noise? Well, I guess. Once (laughs) was this kid who he got into an accident from school, but when he turned from black into white. Christ. Okay. okay. I'm okay, a good singer, was... I swear. Okay, now we're calling that out of our system. Yeah, because I heard about that. And then yesterday, apparently, there was a big kerfuffle because, like, the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame, like, at first I thought Derek Jeter didn't get in. And I was like, okay, that would be fair. But then apparently there was a controversy because it wasn't a unanimous vote. And I'm just like, could... <laughs> I can't believe the entire state of New Jersey. The is only about person who's going to be mad about that is, like, my grandma. Like, come on. What the Sport. fuck, people? Sports are weird. Sport. Eli Manning fucking died. Yeah, Eli Manning did die. He's dead now. Um, uh, and I do hope, I do hope, and, and that's the thing, you know, like, who's going to hire him as a football correspondent? You're going to have I someone mean, tell you what good, gonna, you're going to have Eli Manning tell you what good football looks like. That's not possible. They're going to have to take him out in the back gonna, and shoot gonna, him. He's going to make his money off of, like, book deals and sponsorships and shit. But, like, I mean, not that he needs it, because he's one of those football players who, like, actually does probably have a sizable income to live off of and played long enough that, like, I assume he invested well. Um, 
That being said, I did literally, I was thinking of your mom when I heard the news because I was driving in the car and I was just like, wow, holy shit. I, 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 I can't believe. Rest in peace, Eli. Um, the, the best, the most his legacy has ever been is my, one of my uncle's chocolate labs was named after him and he was a really good dog. Um, he lived for a very long time. We actually had to take him for a few years for health reasons. Uh, he was a very good boy. He did not, he did yes. not fuck up any, any football games that I know of. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I do hope the next person, the New York Giants hire, does know how to play football. Yeah, that I like it when people who, who, who are in the NFL know how to play football, personally. And, you know, I do um, say this is somebody who also doesn't know how to play football. But, like, again, I'm, I'm not being paid to play by the New York fucking Giants. You know, I and and that's the thing is like I say that I hope that he'll they're gonna hire someone, but I know they won't. Oh, but you know um, that coach that just got fired from the New York Mets? He's gonna come work for the Giants. <laughs> Listen, football, baseball, same thing, effectively. Um. Okay. Well, in uh, happier news, cool. Oliver Queen fucking bit of is in hell. All so uh, that's all they love there. All, all the good things around there. Uh, let's go. Let's just let's just, and then I'm gonna. I think I think for finally, I'm gonna try to get us some original unlicensed music that I just keep the same through our music intro. But this is where it's gonna come in. So yeah. So here's the thing: is like this was if this was supposed to be the finale of the crisis as the finale to the crisis no the finale of the crisis was last week we didn't watch that oh there was oh okay i was wondering yeah, so no, I was that like, didn't wait, matter did, yeah that didn't matter it's fine well i think i it was just really funny to me that like this was so very clearly them like anywaying the entirety of like that plot like Sarah said, like Sarah is sad this episode for a little bit about Oliver. She will not. She will have forgotten all about him by next episode, and that is exactly how Legends likes it, and that's exactly how I like it. So you know what? Huzzah! The weird, the weird clocking that Oliver got this fucking episode was Ava, so. I really didn't think they would be that mean. Like I didn't think they'd be. I thought they would, but like the like that was so bitchy. That was so good. I literally it was so good. Well, let's it was let's introduce so it. We're, we've made it to season five. Um, there's going to be 15 episodes this season. So we're here for 15 episodes. Uh, and then there's going to be a season six in case you forgot that we're here forever. We're trapped here. Um, Phil, Phil Clemmer texted me word for word, um, every word of no children, but instead of just sending me the lyrics, he sent me like, I send hope, send that, send our, send. it as long as possible. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you know Phil, he's a son of a bitch, and um, this is actually really, really excitingly. This was the sixty uh, ninth episode of Legends of Tomorrow. Ever did I call it the first episode of the fifth season? It's technically the second episode of the fifth season. I don't, but I'm not gonna. Whatever. The crisis, the crisis like who what, cares? Whatever. The who best thing that cares? happened about the crisis is that Oliver died twice. Oliver died, and, like, all of the horny photos I saw of, like, Brandon as Kingdom Come Superman was, like, yeah, this was it. Yeah, this is what television yes, of course, of course. Like, I mean, I guess we should probably start the episode 
with a 16 minute of opening about me talking about Brandon's kingdom come Superman. Actually, should we talk? Should we just open the podcast? Like it was the 16th episode. Brandon Routh got fired. Brandon Routh got, Brandon Routh flew too fucking close to the sun with these dick jokes. And I'm really, I'm tired. This, that's, that's Wait, our if thing. This was not the if this was not the 69th episode, we were going to name it the dick joke that got Brandon Routh. Well, Brandon, because we don't want him Googling his name. And getting too close, yeah. oh, no. but just the dick joke no. that got Brandon fired. Little... But... Yeah, but that that would have been too close. No, it's not worth it. Um, but like, and... oh my god, oh my god, so much happened. Brandon was going to be first of all. We didn't do an SDC. We didn't do a blah blah. blah. We didn't do a San Diego Comic Con episode because nobody went. It was just um Dominic yeah. and Katie and Brandon. And I don't yeah, care about they were the white actors on this show. They were also mostly just kind of there to be like, I don't even remember them doing a lot of Legends related news. I don't, mm-hmm. and I mean, not to put on, I think we may have mentioned this, but not to put my tinfoil hat on, except I do remember the Legends cast all kind of going in ex- hard, except for Katie, who can't read, on that Keep Families Together stuff the summer prior, where I'm just like, hmm. Yeah. Hmm. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Wonder how that happened. Hmm. Yeah. It makes you think. Weird that they were the only. So... Weird also that like the Supergirl cast did a bunch of like really dumb homophobic shit, but I'm pretty sure they were all back this year. Oh, they sure were. You knew they were. Yeah, and yet Legends, Legends character uh, actors got snubbed for some pretty pretty basic fucking human decency. Weird how that works. Um. Anyway, we live in a hell world. Um. So... Hell world. Hell world. Um, hell world. Wait, wait. Anyway, there's more. Coincidence. Hmm, I think you've cracked it. So, um, I mean, I guess we'll do a brief. We have so much to fucking recap because it's not just that the episode aired. It's that it has been eight Christian months since the show has been on the air. And the finale kind of left a lot to be desired towards, and at least in our perspectives. And so I'm just sort of sitting here like, oh, my God, everything happened so much. Timeline. Let's start at San Diego Comic-Con. Brandon is like, I'm going to be Superman in the crisis we're like okay cool sounds sexy then he gets fired <laughs> christ um and brandon brandon died eight years ago was kind of a good way to start this it was season. revealed oh. he he said in an interview a, like a week ago not even but he knew he was getting fired when he went to san diego comic-con he was told about the firing and the Superman thing very close to each other, which kind of changes my perspective on it because I'm like, are you guys trying to do a Superman spinoff? Is that what this is? I totally believe that. Like, it's one of those things where, like, given that, like, it's so fu- because, like, in any other context, the the idea of we're firing you from your show and also we want you to play literally one of the most iconic characters in American media um, on our network is like not doesn't make a lot of sense so it's something where i'm like i feel like they are going to try to get him to do a superman spinoff my biggest fear and concern is i actually had this thought i was literally just like fucking brushing my teeth last night and i looked in the mirror and i went wait if the fucking movie couldn't if the movie suffered budgetarily and like and and in terms of production by trying to keep his dick under wraps how in the goddamn is a fucking basic cable low budget fucking nightmare show going to keep his dick under wraps the same way they did it in this crisis duct okay tape. where they just they just a duct tape and just shooting him above the waist at all times even when he's flying 
the fucking table they made him carry around. <laughs> Guys, this seems a little excessive. Now, of course, there were rumors swirling about why he got fired, because, of course, he and Courtney are departing together. But um, I don't think those had any merit, because now he's revealed that he knew the entire time, and those rumors made it seem like it was just dropped on him at that time. So I guess they yeah. were completely incorrect. You know, don't... I, don't I can show make... Business. I can, Show business is a fickle mistress. Yes, I do think they're going to try to get him into... If not a full Superman spinoff, they're going to try to get him to do Superman, like, recurring on either Supergirl or something. Um, which, fair enough. But... My favorite thing you know, about Brandon getting like fired. Thing, it's this thing where it's like, I kind Like, I mean, like, yeah, I, I really like Ray a lot as a character, and he's like a... I mean, he's been there since day one, and we only have three fucking characters where that's the case anymore but at the same it's it's weird and this was the sort of byproduct of the show fucking um deciding that it was going to take a three-year hiatus so it's like i don't feel as upset by it as i could because i had kind of i i remembered and forgot it took us 36 hours to start making jokes about it we were at first like, oh, that's kind of sad. I don't really, listen, I don't really, I, I guess it's just fundamentally, I don't care enough to make, like, it's just something where I'm like, like, I don't think he's going to be gone forever because he's a white man on the CW. They'll find some way to lure him back one way or another. And I just don't think they're going to drop him, especially when they had him playing Superman in the crisis. And that was also the only fucking thing that anyone talked about. And I'm pretty yeah. sure why they felt so comfortable dropping the end of the crisis, like eight years after the, the first three episodes aired, because the only reason anyone gave a shit was because Brandon Ralph was playing Kingdom Come Superman. That was, yeah, that all was, that was literally it. And then he wasn't even, he wasn't purely Kingdom Come. He was a little bit Superman returns and a little bit Kingdom Come where I was kind of like, this does not make sense to me, but you look so good. How could I say no? When the photos hey. first dropped, I was the hamster with a banana. Hate to see you leave. Love to watch it go. But, um... I mean, like, God, because, you know, so many people have, in their Superman redesigns, taken out the red underwear. So to put it back was really just a, like, hey, don't forget. Dick is back I like in baby. People get rid of the. I like the underwear because I'm like, no, he's supposed to look like a circus strongman. He, I really mm -hmm. like an old timey circus strongman. I like the underwear. I think it's cute. I think it breaks up the design visually. I think it also, in this case, points us to the fact that Brandon Routh, massive dong, um, humongous, humongous dick. We we made so many jokes about him fucking uh, doing the what if Ant Man crawled up Thanos's butt thing, but we'll get to that later. We've got to pace ourselves. So upset by that. We have to pace ourselves. Okay. God, he looked yeah. so good. I'm, I'm surprised have... I was not blocked by Twitter. I'm surprised I was not personally arrested. I'm surprised Brandon oh, did not God. send me a cease and desist. I mean, listen, I if, we, was if we haven't gotten a cease and desist for this podcast now, we're never going to. Um, look forward to our next episode, which will be titled, Rachel, get a cease and desist. <laughs> However, we flew too close uh, to the sun. We definitely have flown too close to the sun at this point. But um, okay, so here's the thing: oh. is like the problem with always starting to review the first episode of the season, which I guess this technically is, which is um that it's always everything happens so fucking much, especially when yep. again 
Uh, it's been 20 years. A new Pokemon came out. I watched the same anime like six fucking times in a row. Yeah, like, they decided to dedicate themselves to Joseph Joseph Bizarre not, Adventure. Like, not, like, listen, we've, we've, I, this is not new, but it's just that I was like, every time that well, I did a lot of, I just wanted to make the Joseph Joseph Bizarre Adventure joke. That's actually good. Okay, that's fair. That's funny. Thank you. But yeah, it was just like, I mean, it's one of those things where to be 100% honest with you, I feel like I've mentioned this before, but if you, if a live action television show leaves me unsupervised long enough, I'm going to go back to watching cartoons and anime. Like, I don't, I, there's like three live action shows that I watch ever. Um, so I was like, when I was like, Rachel's Legends is coming back. I'm like, fuck already? Jesus. Like, yeah, it did seem just, to, it did seem figure. to. I am excited. What's that episode? But just, you know, that's definitely, I didn't pay attention to any of the Crysis stuff, except for the photos of uh, Brandon Ralph with gray in his hair wearing the Superman outfit, which was very good. Um, I loved the article that was just other actors reacting to it. And it was like, the guy who plays Diggle was like, you know, he was sort of like a Grecian god, because he had lifts in his shoes. So he was like 6'7". Where I'm like, oh my god, so he literally not killed only, me. He's already a fucking lumbering giant, but then he, oh my god. I could have died. I could have died. Did you ever consider no. that? No, you only think about yourself. You only think about yourself. Inconsiderate. Um, and they didn't get comment from Grant Gustin, because I'm assuming he did die. Grant Gustin no, did Grant die. Grant Gustin dead. Um, oh my god. Like It was, what, it a, was, what a wild time we had. What a, what a wonderful what a wonderful life we have found ourselves in this new oliver queenless universe um we did it yes i watched the uh, pilot for green arrow and the canaries um i'm just gonna give a brief before we go because like there's so much that happened I- in the past uh eight eight fucking months that it's like to try to summarize all of it would be uh stupid so just a quick thing oh my husband's home green arrow and the canaries um really gay i actually enjoyed it a lot um, I love Kitty Cassidy and Juliana Harkavay. I don't really care about Mia Smoke, nor do I think I ever will. I don't really understand the Cat McNamara thing. She's kind of toast to me. Maybe I'm too old. Maybe I my water isn't fluorid, fluorided enough. I I just I don't get it. She's very bland and she can't act. And so I'm kind of like. Okay, no, you're no, here. Elicity the Elicity baby. Just kidding. She's not I've never seen baby. You could you could point to any fucking white woman and go, that's the Elicity baby, and I would just have to believe you. That's true. I mean, and to me, that is what Kat McNamara is. Uh any fucking white woman. Um, anyway, yeah, I mean looking forward to Dinah and Laurel being gay. Um mwah. I Beth Schwartz, showrunner, has already said has already started uh, the queer baiting. I mean, maybe it won't be queer baiting, but I know yeah. it will be. And I just want to say I'm so excited for um, two women to get queer baited on the CW, a network that is so famously really only queer baited men. Progress. Now it's be- really it is tremendous. Um, looking forward to this being the fem slash Destiel. Um, just kidding. It's not not going to get the same amount of attention as Destiel. Um, Anyway, God, like, that was I just love. Oh, anyway, sorry, I've had anyway, five hours. Legends, Legends is yeah. back, baby. Uh, what did we say? Bigger, hornier, stupider? Was that was that the slogan? Bigger, hornier, <laughs> bigger, hornier, stupider. Which again should really just be the tagline to this fucking show. You can have that one for free. Um, um, I know you don't have if, any money to pay. But... If you remember from last season, 
Um, Zari accidentally oh, lost yeah, herself in the timeline. And you know, we've all been there. Well, yeah, it happens, happens to the, the best, best of, us. of us. Did we just say the same fucking thing? <laughs> okay, so we're already back in on it. Been 10 minutes? Um, we're, but yeah, and, so sorry. Everyone serenaded on, Nate. And then they started with a fucking opening that was so fuck wild. Because my favorite yeah. thing about this, and we're gonna, of course, we're gonna have to start at the beginning and then immediately spoil the end, which we always do, is that yeah. the legends are like, everyone's like, wow, they're so famous. And then they're not famous by the end of the episode. And I'm like, Phil Clemmer said this season was supposed to be all about fame and how people handle it. So I guess that theme lasted an episode. Can't wait to see where we go yeah, from here. Whole episode. Bill, and Bill honestly, Here's the thing is it was maybe about five seconds of the actual episode because the rest of the episode was a very badly researched reaccount of like the night that Rasputin was murdered. So like, you know, so not, we had maybe about 10 raw, raw Rasputin. And nary a single no, don't worry. I raw, already raw have... Rasputin was heard. Yes, I am going to I am going to have some fun history facts for everybody later, because like, listen, 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 listen. I know it's legends. I'm not even necessarily asking it to be historically accurate, but I think there's some really interesting things that people should know about because I think they personally would have made for a more fun and interesting episode um, because it's kind of a shame. The problem is, is like this show is like fun and batshit and everything, but like the first couple episodes always feel like they've wasted a really good idea because they're so... They're just as crazy as the rest of the episodes, but they're tripping over themselves to do so many other plot things that, like, we don't really have a lot of time to linger on, like, hey, Rasputin is fucking bimbofication Nate. Um, yes, yeah. okay, one of the horrible things we realized is that, okay, do you all know that... Upside down when they, I don't know if that was acting, but there's a moment where they're all welcoming Sarah back, and Nate's holding the fucking welcome back Sarah sign upside down. And with this show, I'm like, I feel like Nick Zano may have fucked up that take and they kept it in anyway, but I'm also like, you have P you have a PhD, <laughs> you're holding the fuck. Can okay. you read? Okay, here's the thing here's the thing no, first and foremost, no. Second of all, I'm sure you've all seen that art of the girl turning into a bimbo and then everyone's like, they're dating. And like, that's, that's, that's great. I love when people are like, that's not other girl. That's like, not like other girl stuff. I'm like, dude, it's fetish art. Please don't do this. It literally is fetish don't art. But you know, why not? The original, the original artist of the fetish art is like, yeah, actually, I think they could fuck. And so, you know what? Full circle, circle of life. Well, yeah. Nothing yeah. Nothing more beautiful than that. Anyway, that's what's happened to Nate Haywood in Legends of Tomorrow. He started out and he's like yeah, pretty much. this historian. He he had books and shit. Now look at him. He, he... This is Phil Clemmer's yeah, long, I mean, long-term himboization fetish. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, like, time travel has made this man actively stupider. He has the whole of time and space at his fingertips and he has just become dumber. And honestly, fucking amazing dumb, like, dumb and sexy dumb and sexy and that's it and that's all he needs to be yeah stupid as hell um that being said like this was they they tried to do like a weird almost sort of arrested development they tried to do an arrested development narration over what was supposed to i guess be kind of an office style mockumentary which wasn't 
terrible, but I do kind of wish they'd leaned into one or the other, because if you're going to do a mockumentary kind of thing, I think we could have done with some more confessionals. We got like one or two and they weren't really like, there's an episode of Chowder called The Dinner Theater. And part of that episode is framed like a making of documentary for The Dinner Theater that they're putting on. And so it's done in a very like, cut to them sitting in a recording booth doing a one-on-one interviewer with some off-screen interviewer we didn't get any confessional cam stuff that wasn't like kind of all shot in one take stuff like there was no jump cut to like the broom closet of the wave rider where they're trying to have like an interview with somebody which would have been really funny um so it kind of felt like they didn't really I wish that the show would not do any crazy time travel bullshit for just the first episode. Like, maybe hint at some stuff you're going to do next episode, but it's like, if you're going to do the mockumentary thing, have that just be the episode. Because, like, it just kind of felt unfinished. But I also can't, I'm not really holding it to account for that because, like, all of the first episodes of the show do for every season. They just feel how like a lot of fucking Legends of Tomorrow be, How dare you accuse Legends of Tomorrow ever being finished? I mean, fair. But, like, like other episodes wrap up tightly, focus on their A plots, and, like, don't leave their B plots completely destroyed. But, like, this one was... I, the idea of trying to categorize this as your standard TV A plot, B plot thing is just... It, there's no point. If there's not an A plot and a B plot, there's, like... A, a Z plot, uh, last season's B plot, um, an A My plot. From about, a we play a game show. every Legend season premiere that is called uh, "Will this ever be mentioned again?" Yes. The answer usually is no. Yeah, the answer is almost exclusively no. Uh, the weird thing that they were kind of harping on from last season that I'm assuming will be dropped by next next episode is Nate being like, "Yeah, I died on camera." And, like, seemed to kind of be, like, a little weirded out by that. And I was surprised they mentioned it at all. Um, Naturally, by next episode, they will not be mentioning it. But it was a weird thing to carry over. Like, fuck, I mean, admittedly, he not him not bringing up his dad died is very fair because fuck them dads. But, like, at the same time... Yeah, he did time, not mention his like, family at all. No, that's, that's over now. That was last season. Him? Okay, first of all. Something that made me very, 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 very nervous is that I have said repeatedly that Brian David Gilbert should play Nate in the Legends of Tomorrow movie. And then Nate, when he was trying to look like a smart man, put on essentially what ended up being a Brian David Gilbert cosplay. And I'm sitting here like, (laughs) am I going to fucking die? (laughs) Am I going to get a phone call that says seven days? Is that still culturally relevant? I mean, it's culturally relevant. I feel like seven. I feel like the ring. Uh, the first two ring movies are actually the Japanese one is very good. If you're gonna watch, like Ringu is still a really good story. Um, and like the the American remake is pretty good. Remember that guy who I've mentioned on the podcast was, which was the adult that I should not have been allowed to be a preteen, just befriending randomly in my neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, went to his house once to get a copy of that movie, like the American version of it. Um. Don't remember it. What a funny murder story. Yeah, no, um, but concerning story. 
raises raises more questions than it does answers, but I don't remember any murder dungeons. I may have repressed them, but I'm like 95% sure there weren't any murder dungeons. I think he was just a man with some mental disabilities who lived with his mom and was in his 40s. But in any case, it um, happens. Like, like, yeah, it happens. Listen, that's life. Um, Listen, though, just because I got lucky does not mean that you get lucky. So if you are a preteen or a teen or you are no a preteen, don't let them fucking befriend a man who is like three times their age. I'm literally begging you. This is an out of place PSA. Um, that being that's why said, Dominic yeah, Purcell and I will never be friends. Yes, I don't think the ring is like culturally relevant anymore, quote unquote. But like, I think the seven days thing in and of itself is kind of like, you know how like fucking when the Area 51 thing was going around and they were doing Naruto running, but then kids called it the Area 51 run instead of the Naruto run. It's yes. like that. We're like, it, it survives, changed, but like there. Um, that's, that's, that's actually pop, completely possibly, fair. Um, I actually, I said Dominic Purcell's name and I just make a joke real quick, if, if you don't mind. Yeah, go for it. Okay, something I hate about every fucking crossover is they're like, well, Caitlyn has ice powers and Mick has fire powers, so I guess they're gonna have to hang out. I'm like, I'm like, and here's the thing. If you ship Mick and Caitlyn, you don't go to heaven when you die. That's just a fact. And then it came to my attention um, yesterday that apparently Dominic Purcell, before Crisis on Earth X, had said, like, yeah, I think Mick does kind of have a crush on Killer Frost. And I have never been more assured in a point i have made than i was when i found that out thank you so much like, for proving oh, my point. excellent i am vindicated here we go well, that, Dominic that, that, and i are going to hell that. together <laughs> oh yeah no sign of land etc etc um, and i know what you're thinking but wait why is it worse to ship mick with caitlin than it is all of your other problematic mick ships uh, here's the answer to that. Uh, Danielle Pannenbaker can't fucking act, and a lot of what makes Caitlyn so interesting. The, the only, the, I mean, like, it's, it's, you, you got me. It is technically a Mick age gap ship, but here's the thing Caitlyn sucks, and I don't care about her. Like, and it's a shame because I'm like, there's a good character in here, but just played by a terrible, terrible actor. Um, just very bad. If Caitlyn like, fundamentally. Was like Caitlin, if if Danielle wasn't just a terrible actress with no chemistry um with anyone like at all and the whole cast kind of apparently hates her in any case I don't like if to be Caitlin was played by but... Jamie Chung which is a fan cast I saw one time I would have fucking frost wave tattooed on my stomach thug lifestyle Jesus Christ <laughs> but unfortunately she is not and so um if you ship it sorry we're stuck Jesus won't let you into heaven he called me. He told there. me. I mean, many reasons you cannot be let into heaven, but that is one of the, like, that's like, you know how there's a difference between mortal and venial sins and Catholicism? You don't, but there is. Um, so this is definitely say, one of the I mortal have, You know I don't know that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I started that sentence and then went, okay, no, hold on. Um, <laughs> but, uh, did you know Catholic guilt is a tag on archive of our own? Cause I was like, I was posting a fic a couple, couple weeks, like it was a couple months ago, actually. And I like typed it in as a joke and then it came up as a suggested tag. So now it's on all of my fix. Um, <laughs> that's a good brand for you. It's, it's a good tag. It's a good tag. Um, fuck. What was my train of thought? Oh like God, I said, what sorry. What are we talking about? I have like so here's the thing though is like the thing that's like so I didn't sleep like I said but I woke up and the like I jolted myself awake and the only thing going through my head was that 15% concentrated doctor of fill thing 
that like that fucking post, you know, the 20% luck, 50% skill, 15% concentrated Dr. Phil post. And like that went through my head. And I just literally just thought to myself, huh, did you wake me up for that? And then my brain's like, yeah. Like, okay, am I going to be able to go back and sleep? And my brain's like, no. Like, literally, it was just like, no. And I'm like, well, I'm going to lay down. We can change doctor to Clemmer. We can change it to Clemmer of Phil. 15%. Oh, no, no, no. No. Fuck, you can. So I guess that's why I woke up. Yeah, I'm really glad you, uh, I'm so glad you brought this to me. Wait, I have another joke. It's not, it's actually about the episode. Because we know that Nate was really a pinnacle of himbo excellence this episode. Yeah, like, perhaps the most he's ever been. But a large part of that included yeah. him not being able to play a guitar correctly and working out a lot. I don't... What yeah, is that fucking table? Up. What is that table that he and Bayrad were on? What uh, was that? I think it was supposed to be like one of those things that you sit on to do bench chest presses. It probably I, I, was. I, I, I don't Probably. know, because all I could think of when I saw it, I actually just remembered this joke today, but some one time on Willem's beatdown, Willem, apropos of, like, nothing, just said, if your parents say no touching below the waist, just do a handstand. <laughs> and that's all I could think of, because they were upside yeah, down on the table. It was beautiful. Um, it yeah, was like the very, there's a there's a moment and like listen, I said I wouldn't talk about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I never said that, but okay. So there's a moment that I'm only <laughs> I, gonna bring. You up never said it. I was just character. hoping. I never said that. You can't legally hold me that. But there's a moment in the manga where a very similar scene happens between two major antagonists, and it's a, it's a part that hasn't gotten an anime adaptation yet, so I don't want to spoil it. But I mean, it, I will I say, I got to that page very... and I started laughing. Because they're lounging around shirtless and having a casual conversation. And it's on the most, the world's in most incongruous bedspread. And like it had the Bayrod and Nate conversation had the exact same vibe. And I will say, um, I do appreciate that Bayrod and Nate have like this immediately comfortable vibe where it's like, there's no, there's something almost kind of comical about how Bayrod is just there. And we all know he's just not. He wasn't there before, but the legends are just like, yeah, our buddy. Like, I do appreciate that, and I do appreciate that Nate and Bayrod clearly have a very friendly, playful relationship, and are definitely dating. That's true. It's really nice. Like, I love, I love that he just immediately has like this really great chemistry with everyone he's interacted with on the team. Well, something you and I joked about several times was like we were like the legends are going to figure out that Zari's been missing. You can have one, yeah. I got some dumplings and. A couple spring rolls. Okay. So, um. Are you recording? Yeah, I'm recording. You cut this out. Yeah. You're just making bad audio. Hold on. Tim is now trying to eat a spring roll very quickly. Okay. Anyway, that we were like, the legends are just going to be sitting there and they're going to be like, hey, Zari, can you pass the salt? And Barrett's going to go, I'm not Zari. And they're all going to go, fuck. And that's essentially what happened. That is effectively what happened. Um, that is something where uh, I I'm going to actually a little surprised that they were that open with like, yeah, Barrett smokes weed. 
We're smoking weed this season, and we're going to be... I mean, we've been smoking weed every season, but this season... Sequences last season were, like, Nate was really fucking high, though. That was in season three. I don't... All right, whatever. Season there were, there were less drugs. I, mean, I think maybe because more. I I feel like there were definitely weed jokes in season four, but I'd have to go back and watch it to make sure. Um, but yeah, it was it was very like even like it was for their other weed jokes. It was very direct in a way that was, especially because I'm like you guys are technically even in like show within a show. You guys are on camera right now, so that's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. I did love Bayrad visiting himself in the in the little in the nursery. I also love Bayrad yes, just constantly adorable. going, fame ruins people, and then looking directly into the camera. Like, I get it. It's about Zari. I get it. Yes. Um, that that was, I mean, that's the thing where like we kind of talked about uh okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about Zari and then I'm gonna talk about something else quick, but I'm gonna before I lose the thought, mm-hmm. is we kind of talked about how it seems to be like it's gonna be like they're gonna remember that Zari was Zari before Zari does. So especially Nate, so he's going to try to convince her that she used to be, like, the super passionate, like, dedicated person who, like, fought for a cause and all that. And she's going to be like, get the fuck away from me. And they're going to argue over what they're, what they think Zari should be, because mm-hmm. Nate maybe remembers this sort of half-baked Dulcinea-esque version of Zari. Mm-hmm. Um, and Zari's like, that I've never been exactly... that person, and I never will be that person. That seems I mean... to be the vibe, and I would be interested mm-hmm. in that. I'm very interested in that. I mean, I'm actually really excited about the idea of Zari having to relearn how to be friends with everybody because Tala has said she's like, she still has a good heart. It's just that the outside is different. And she stays very fast. And that's that thing where it's like, I, just, I, feel, I can't help but feel like Tala is like maybe sort of almost trying to get ahead of people's negativity. I'm like, she can't be that bad. She's not, this isn't going to be a black wall thing where I go, oh, wait, oh, God, that was a, oh, God, that really was a war crime. She's just going to be Kim Kardashian. And, like, honestly, if she's just hitting Bayrad with her purse going, don't be fucking rude, then... Like, that's the thing, is, like, the Kardashians all deserve the guillotine because of their disgusting, like, frankly, selfish and, and hideous displays of wealth. Not, however for the dumb family dramatic bullshit, which is, like, admittedly a fair enough reason to watch the show. Because if you're just doing it to watch a bunch of stupid people fight over nothing, then, like, honestly, some pretty iconic moments. You got the purse moment. You got the, Kim, there's people that are dying. You got, Kim, would you stop taking selfies? I got my diamond earring in the ocean. Sorry, there's people that are dying. Dying. Like, that, like, that's a good one. That's a classic. Um, Ava holding a pig and Nate going, is that a chicken? No, it's very, it's very, it's very, it's so good. Um, I do find it funny that Phil thinks he has his finger on the pulse with like influencer stuff because I'm like that. This has been a pretty well established social thing for like the better part of a decade. Are are you good, man? But just, um, but the keeping up with the Kardashians started in 2007 because I remember watching the Soup do a little bit of it every oh, God. Episode. I mean, I will say they weren't. Maybe, maybe it was just because I was watching a lot of anime and having clinical depression. But I don't remember them being at their peak of popularity in two thousand. No, they weren't. No, they had to build up to it, and they had some spinoffs and stuff like that. But you know, don't be fucking rude. Um, was early. Was early in the show. Um, and it was I really keep really also good. in my head thinking that Zari's gonna do that Nancy Joe, this is Alexis Knight, but that's um pretty wild. Oh which God, is a different God. show. 
that was on at the same time. I but I would love for Zari. Lois Lane, this is Zari Tarazi. I'm calling <laughs> I'm calling in regards cool. to the very hurtful article you wrote. You printed many things that were untrue. Why do you have most of this memory? <laughs> because I've watched that clip at least 700. The fact that in the in the Bling Ring movie that Sofia Coppola did, that Emma Watson, who plays Alexis Nyers, does not sit down and reenact that scene shot for shot. That's why you didn't get the Oscar. It's genuinely disappointing. That does feel like a moment you would want to see immortalized in like cinema. Um, that is every such a, time that you is yell, a- I have to fucking re-record it. That's what oh, she God. says to her mom because she's like, "You said I wore Louis Vuitton shoes when really I wore little BB Brown shoes," and her mom yells like. $39! And Alexis goes, every time you yell, I have to fucking re-record. Greatest moment in television history. Greatest moment in television history. Anyway, then the show got cancelled because photos of the girls um, doing some pretty hardcore uh, drugs surfaced on the internet. And like, that's not their fault because addiction is a serious illness. And I do hope they got help. Yeah. But yeah, um, that being said, I think that, yeah, but listen, I don't, I didn't, I, and I don't mean this, I mean, when I was like 14, I was like, yeah, I don't watch reality TV shows because I watch real things. And now I'm just like, whatever. But like at the time, like, so I didn't know any of this shit was happening. I didn't realize that they were a thing until they were like everywhere. So I'm really haunted by the fact that they were around, like they were around during the heyday of Yu-Gi-Oh! The Abridged series. And I do think we dodged a bullet by, I'm pretty sure they're not being a reference to them at any point in that series. It's because he's, it was because he was British. It was because, oh God. Yeah. Okay. Bullet dodged. Um, that. You saying that honestly fully took my. You, it's like you pulled my soul from my body. Yeah, yeah, no, that one, that one, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. When you said 2007, that was my first thought, and I don't like it because it's like my tether to like I'm really bad with time for a lot of reasons. So it's like that's my tether to like 2006, 2007. Um, to get back God on somewhat topic, thing. God, God help us both. But like, okay, so I really loved the little bit in the beginning we had where Mona's acting as Nick's literary agent. I'm that genuinely kind of like, incredible. I'm like, why did you bother? Why did you fucking bother casting a whole other fucking person to be his literary agent when like her bit with it was so fucking cute, so good? You could have like the thing was here. Hold on, sorry. Well, what if she is his agent? They said they were just doing a bit with his agent. A second. All right. So here's the thing that I just want to go into, and this is what frustrates me, is like, even if this is just a bit, this whole this whole casting of their agent thing, um, what frustrates me is the the whole, and I'm going to go into this now because whatever, we never yeah, stay chronological anyway. So, I mean, we have actually ever since... Hold on. So the thing with Mona being like Nick's literary agent at the start, and you have that cute moment where she goes like full wolfy, like just to, to get like a book deal through or whatever. That was really cute. And I th- I think what frustrates me is the end bit in the episode where Mick leaves her, basically lets her ghostwrite under Rebecca Silver's name. Um that should have been the culmination of a season like character arc. 
where oh, yeah. she where she studied like she studied under him she had she wanted to do these things she quibbled with him about what the definition of love was etc cetera, etc cetera. and then at the end of it mick goes i think you're doing a better job of this than me at this point and you've been taking care of the finances for so long that at this point it's kind of like fuck it might as well um and gives her the rebecca silver sort of inheritance and even ignoring how i mean we know that mona is going to be coming back in and out but like comparing her send off this episode to like the ones that they gave jacks or the ones that they Compare- fuck, the, one that they gave nate, the one that they gave nate when he was gone for three fucking episodes mona I just mean, says like I'm- well i guess i'm gonna die I, I mean, like, because here's the thing, Ari and I, Ari and I have since, since we knew this was happening, since, like, we looked at the photos and are like, okay, she's not on set that often, have, like, kind of been preparing to be very mean about this. And so, like, we're gonna be, and if that makes you uncomfortable, you might want to skip this part, because we're gonna be dragging some people who we usually like, uh, pretty hard. Because, like, here's the fucking thing, and the fucking thing is this. I... If Ramona is sort of on and off the show and got demoted from regular to reoccurring, where's her fucking article about it? Where's her Twitter campaign about it? Why wasn't she on Twitter trying to bully the writers into rehiring her? Why didn't she get that opportunity? Because here's the fucking thing, is that we all know how much hate and, like, shit Mona got. And I literally... It is buckwild to me that I never saw anyone lift a finger and she is a child she was 20 years old when this started happening and everyone else on that show i mean like here's the thing macy is completely exempt from this because she's a black lesbian and her experiences online are a whole other thing to discuss but like the the white and like dc tv actually has a very serious problem with like one of the actresses getting dogpiled with hate like Candace or Katie and nobody fucking doing anything. And I just want to know what like goes through the CW's head when these actresses are getting such vitriol and bullshit that they're like, Hmm, nobody do anything. I think it's one of those things where, and I'm not, and I mean, this is, this is me taking a stab in the dark, sort of assessing it based on how like a company's PR team would look at it. And I'm not saying that I'm actively saying this is an incredibly shitty way of handling the situation. However, I do want to clarify before I start getting really mean. I don't think it's maybe the best practice for actors. I don't, when I say I want them to defend Mona about this, like, I don't mean that I want them like wading into fucking name searches and picking fights yeah. with like I fucking mean, like one tweet like up. hey I like her yeah like literally just a tweet of hey this is my coworker or this is like someone who is like, a really talented actress and I'm super proud to work with her and she's really amazing and people and doesn't deserve any of the hate she's getting um that's it you can literally just like that's it you don't have to we don't I'm not expecting a 20 fucking tweet Twitter thread on like the way that like fucking women in media are treated from Nick Zano, even if he's wearing a smart boy, I stumped for Bernie Sanders hat. That being said, when is Nick going to stump for Bernie Sanders again? Number two, um, my my, don't you ever, don't yeah, you ever say that? Yeah, to me yeah, again? yeah. Uh, look forward, look forward to Nick Zano in Iowa in a couple months. Anyway, 
Um, the thing that infuriates me is that I feel like they look the CWPR team or crisis management, whoever the fuck handles this, looked at this sort of Twitter rage and vitriol and went, the best thing to do is for us to pretend like it doesn't happen. And they have even asked the actors not to address it because they didn't want to go through the effort of media training them how to address it. So they were and like, just don't fucking say anything. We're just going to write her like, off no, the show. Don't worry about, about it. Listen, it's something where it's like that fucking silence, silence, neutrality benefits the oppressor, whatever. I'm too tired to remember the whole goddamn thing. You know what I fucking mean. Where it's like, yeah, I mean, them not saying anything speaks volumes because it's like it's been going and it's not just with her. Candace Patton, The Flash is on what, 30 fucking seasons now? A lifetime's worth of seasons? Yeah. Uh, Grant Gustin came to her defense like once. Like she gets. Grant Gustin, and wait, hold on. Can I tell the story of Grant? Grant Gustin, his wife and Candace notoriously don't like each other. And like, gee, I wonder why. It's his fault. It's his fault. Don't worry about it. But he surprised his wife on her birthday by for like flying to LA for like a few hours to surprise her at like a photo shoot and like hang out with her. And during that few hours, remember, he only has he's not gonna be there the whole day. He has to fly in and fly out. He takes like 15 minutes to sit down on Instagram live and talk about how proud he is to work alongside Candace Patton. And I'm like, this is the worst. Is this art? Is this art? Can we call this art? I mean, really, the man, the man writes his own jokes. He is his, he is just fucking comedy gold nonstop, never a dull moment. Oh, in the, I uh, realized the why. I realized why I get more, like, ooh-woo over Barrisco than I do West Allen. Because, like, West Allen is great and it's amazing. But, like, that's because Candace is great and amazing. And I don't really care about Grant Gustin in the slightest. But the thing about West Allen is, like, when I'm watching West Allen, I'm like, I don't want... I'm like, we are on Gustin lockdown. No, I'm like, no, don't touch her. Don't touch her. I want you you 10 feet away from Candace Patton at all times. But when I see, like, Like, Barrisco, I'm like, oh... I can believe these are fictional characters. Yes. There's not, it's not that, it's not like Grant Gustin has this long history of like being the most desperate and blatant and obvious for Carlos's affections. Um, So it's like easier to be like, oh, they're fictional characters in love. But like with, with, with this, with this iteration in West Allen, it's like, don't fucking touch her. Don't even breathe on her. Um, That's why, and that's that's why Irisco remains superior. Superior, 100%. But so the thing that I think I understand, I don't, and again, I don't know, this is just me taking a stab in the dark based on the fact that I don't think the CW has a lot of people doing PR, um, obviously, because their actors keep doing stupid shit. But like, that means that I feel like they're probably like, nobody just say anything. And like, again, that doesn't help. And Ramona's like seven. So you can't, like, she's younger than I am. That fucking horrifies me. Because I'm, like, I just, like, for being, like, the like the sweetest, nicest, most genuine, interesting, fun, relatable. And I ha- usually hate the word relatable. But, like, I fucking love Mona. I think she's great. I have nothing but good words. Like, I just, she's a Mona is essentially character. Ray if he was a small Asian girl. And that's why everybody hates her. I mean, effectively. Effectively. And it, and it is a thing where it's, like. Let me be a let me be a bitch for a second. I'm cracking my knuckles for it. Um, okay. DC TV actors are notorious 
for being a little too obsessed with themselves on social media. And so that's why this kind of strikes me even more the wrong way. Because like, listen, I'm going to give Tala a little more of a pass. Like she is older than um, Ramona, but she's also still like a woman of color in a DC TV show. So like, obviously there's going to be just piles of shit she has to deal with constantly. Yeah, I'm sure she's also dealing with it. The weird thing about Zari and Nate is that they took such notice to people not liking it. And sometimes when I think about how they took such notice to it, it kind of comes across as like, oh, mean queers are bullying us. Yeah. Which it, is it, why it I has don't feel that bad. vibe. It always has that I, taste I, to I, it. I thank you. Cause and that so I'm like, well, of- you two are, you know, like, well, Nick, you, you're obviously seeing something like you're a white dude. Yeah. You got two thumbs. And then, and then, and then of course we have the the elephant in the room which is of course the fact that brandon and courtney were very sort of public about something that we now know he knew about the entire time so why make this whole fuss and just let people bully it was bullying your writing staff like that does not and like of course and this is the thing of course i still like all of these people um, and I'm also the kind of person where I'm like, obviously, you know, celebrities function a certain way. That's why they're famous. And I'm not expecting, you know, people to be humanitarians over here, but I'm expecting a little empathy. Am I being foolish for that? No, I think it becomes, it's not even, it doesn't even have to be empathy because listen, again, I'm not, like you said, I'm not expecting these people to be like fucking doing the most and and doing 20 tweet threads on like I'm not you know I'm not expecting any of that shit but I am expecting a little bit of solidarity with your castmate doesn't have That's to be exactly a, like it. a huge fucking defense but it's like you can't like and I do I'm glad you brought up that point about like Zari and Nate specifically because I don't think it was meant to be malicious but I think that's kind of the vibe I've gotten from the ship overall which is why I am not going to feel bad when I kind of bitch about it in a little bit because yeah it does kind of have this vibe especially since they both had fairly well publicized like in terms of fandom like notice and attention um Mm same sex relationships being emphasized that it does kind of feel like oh those queers are being mean to us because they steal adam and zarly aren't canon and like no i'm being mean to you because this is a dumb ship um i'm being mean to you because i'm bored and i have nothing better to do like hello yeah because i'm go cry i am being mean because i'm gay like get get to the fucking program man um i am being mean because i'm gay is honestly is honestly the mood yeah honestly we are being mean because we're gay (laughs) <laughs> what are you gonna do cry but about it again yeah like it's that thing where i just like i have I, like that was stupid but the thing i am the most truly infuriated about is the thing with mona because it does feel like and i don't want to mm-hmm. derail this too much but it does remind me of the i also really liked rose tico a lot i thought yes. she was a fantastic character i love an idealistic space horse girl who you know, believes that people have the responsibility and the capability to do great good, um, which spat in the face of a series that's kind of notorious for, like, one family is responsible for 95% of the galaxy's bullshit. So, when 
Kelly Marie Tran and Rose Tico got a, 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 a psych, just just a, the the fucking the the scale of the the harassment and the vitriol and the nastiness for that to happen and then for the rise of the rise of Skywalker was shit and this isn't a Star Wars podcast and I don't care that much about Star Wars so I'm not going to do a whole thing on why I thought it was a really fucking stupid movie. Um, that being said, the anger and hatred and fury I have over how thoroughly Rose was sidelined is so it, it's this it's this exact same thing over again where they you know jj abrams and the other bunch of shitheads who worked on this movie chris torino or whatever the fuck his name is like they made the conscious decision to give a job to like one of jj abrams buddies over a football bet instead of like supporting kelly marie tran in any way shape or form and gave her a minute and 22 seconds of screen time someone did a count a minute and 22 seconds of screen time. She was like one of the most important new secondary characters in the last movie. So this is that where it's like Mona went from being the new regular of last season. And in my opinion, one of the best new additions to the cast and a pretty big fucking cast to being sort of having what should have been an entire season's worth of narrative for her character condensed into like an incident and an and an afterthought and a departure and like yeah and I'm fucking angry because it means that they cowed out to the worst fucking fans yeah the the level of cowardice it takes to instead of stand by someone that you took the effort to hire that you took the effort to write um and instead sort of try to wash your hands of it like you're not responsible for the actor as well is again, it's it just makes me so mad I could pull oh, someone's yeah, eyes out of their sockets. It makes me so mad that it's like genuinely kind of hard to talk about because I don't like I don't want this podcast to turn into just a bunch of incoherent, furious screaming, but I just I yeah. want oh god damn it, this is like the tenth fucking Mimikyu with perfect IVs I've hatched. I'm tired of it. I just want a shiny. Does anyone want a fucking Mimikyu with perfect IVs? I have like a thousand of them at this point. Anyway. Yeah, please. Ari will do anything so, for a shiny yeah. Mimi Q. I, I, I got the last shiny I hatched in my shiny chaining I did in five eggs. This one has taken 1300. Um, I'm in hell. So that being said, you like, need I'm yeah, I, I'm so angry that I like can't talk about it for too long because then it will just turn into like swearing and threats and just fucking... Yeah. I just will be incoherent with fury. So I mean, the other thing worth, is like in 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 all other places, like I kind of I do understand where Nick and Paula, Brandon, Court are coming from. Like I do understand it, but because this thing is standalone, such a shitty thing, to me, yeah. it demeans them. It shows where their priority is. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you don't, and it's just, it's just. I understand that actors and whatever and narcissism and blah blah, but like. Selfishness and self-centeredness are pretty ugly traits inherently. Um, so not you, Tala. You're an angel. Like um, extenuating circumstances being what they are is one thing, and I'm not saying that this makes them irredeemably terrible or like we have decided to unstand or whatever the fuck. Like I'm an adult. I don't give a shit about it like that. However, 
even for people who I might otherwise like, appreciate, or respect for their other efforts, or just by the fact that they're a dumb fucking Guido, um, fuck this. What Brandon what Rath this is Italian American. I meant Nick, but yeah. Um, I listen. I do respect Brandon. Brandon is the only cis dude I've ever say seen say you don't need surgery to be trans. That's a pretty big thing. But I am saying that, and I am also saying, and fuck him for not for for not doing a single fucking thing when he's pr- arguably the actor with like the most clout on the show, and also like the white man lead. If he had said something so basic as "I am so proud to work with Ramona Wu about this," fu-, like fuck, like bitch. You could have, you could have, you, you could have done a whole lot with a little and you didn't do anything. And that infuriates me. Um, and that says a lot, unfortunately. Yeah, it does. Um, it's a shame. It really does. Courtney, Courtney, I really actually don't think is at, at fault here. Um, yeah, because she's lot, not, just because Courtney's not really like super involved. Because like, Brandon is out here fighting again. with any fucking Brando who has like dumb, dumb politics opinions. So like, no, Brandon, you do this shit. So yeah, I am going to hold you accountable. But Courtney it seems to be a little more private and a little more uh, traumatized. So I'm going to give, I'm going to say pretty fair that Courtney Ford might not want to step into that ring because based on things she's insinuated about her previous experiences in life, I can understand not wanting a wave of abuse and vitriol to turn against you. So that's fair. Brandon has no such excuse. So the, to the guillotine um, with Brandon, it is. But I, mean, I, think, um, I think the bottom line about this is that this is Brandon's fault. I'm even going to absolve Tala and Nick of it. This is Brandon's. I think the bottom line is that this is solely Brandon's. Why? Fuck you. Um, Why? But it is, he knows what like, he did. Yeah, I am. You know, in my heart of hearts, I'm hoping she continues to be involved, even getting back. I, I don't know. I want her to be around and in my heart she's still around and we've lost other we've lost other actors before but it was always for reasons that were like they were too gay for this shit or they wanted to be in Hello Dolly or they had a baby and like this wasn't that. This was that actually kind of summarizes everyone, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 it does. Um so like so it's like this is a cast departure that doesn't seem to have been like desired or necessary um so it it's it's shitty it's shitty it's infuriating and i hate it um do you want to go to the rasputin oh my god he was <laughs> hey guys rasputin was in this one. Oh uh, yeah and Couple this, things. the thing i just said at the start i some at some point in this fucking podcast mm-hmm. when i said i think they should just not do a historical figure for the first episode so we can get all of the inter interrelationship drama and shit like set up and done um so here's the thing when i was in high through like most of my high school career um especially my junior and senior years i got super into russian history um and i find the fall of the romanov dynasty super fascinating i mean for really obvious reasons because the romanov dynasty was an unbroken line for literally centuries um and then this one fucking illiterate fucking sweaty alcoholic wanders in and and isn't the only reason that the Romanov dynasty collapsed but had a pretty significant hand in it are you talking about Lenin or Karl Marx I'm talking about Rasputin oh my god I thought you were talking I was like I don't remember Lenin or Karl Lenin and Marx did not destroy the dynasty them they were just they were they were sort of the 
outlet for a lot of people's justified rage against the Romanovs. But like in terms of internal power structures, Rasputin did a lot to destroy sort of not only the aristocratic grasp on like society as a whole. Um, he did a lot to destabilize a lot of um, relations among the aristocracy and nobility and create a lot of cracks and divides that might not have been big deals, but were then exploited by his continued presence. Um, and in general, like we probably still would have had a Russian revolution without Rasputin, but it might not have been as brutal or it might not have happened as fast. Um, that being said, I am, before I talk about anything, I'm going to make a brief disclaimer. This was still the period of history where, like, we didn't keep a lot of records. And because Rasputin was, like, born a peasant in middle of nowhere Russia, we don't really know a lot about his early life. And then even afterwards, all we kind of know... The issue is a lot of what we know is sort of what was said about him by people who didn't like him. So... Um, a lot of what we know is either hearsay or not quite exact or might have been true, but maybe not as dramatic as you're thinking. However, um, the interesting stuff I'm going to bring up is the first thing is he had a daughter who wrote a memoir afterwards about his relationship with the Romanovs. And she was a, a acrobat and a lion tamer. She like left Russia and went to America and joined a circus. And that's so fucking cool. Um, that is, God, I, I, I love that. that fucking cool. Where was she? Where was she when we were just doing that weird hypnotism thing with Nate? Bill, 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 that Bill. Was, that was weird. 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 Hey, Phil. Hey, Phil. Hey, Phil. Hey, hey, Phil Clemmer. Don't you ever do that again. I do. Don't you ever talking about how he like enjoyed it and i'm like oh it's so much i mean like did we expect him to yeah of course we did is this is this unexpected for nate haywood no not at all no but it was kind of upsetting for us um so here's the here's okay so here's the thing is the thing i mean everybody knows about the rasputinian deaths which like whatever um we he didn't there was no poison in his body during the autopsy that was performed on him so i think they just fucked up like i'm pretty sure that they just like fucked up the cyanide like i don't think they actually had it's like you know how like the joke about you get like you buy weed but it's actually oregano i think that may have happened um here because there was no poison in his system when he died so uh keep that in mind but the thing I find interesting is he was actually, there was a much more successful at assassination attempt on his life two years prior in July of 1914. Uh, a peasant woman named Chionya Goseva uh, attempted to assassinate him by stabbing him in the stomach. And here's the thing is when you get stabbed in the stomach, that will kill you, especially in 1914. Um, he, there actually was a lot of debate about whether or not he would survive for like a solid year um he had surgery and spent like he was institution like hospitalized for a while um the so but he made it like he pulled through but people were legitimately like oh my god is he gonna fucking die um so the interesting thing is this woman, 
this woman was a follower of a former priest who was a buddy of Rasputin's and a supporter before he was like, the guy's a huge slut and drinks too much and is way too fond of himself to be a priest. Um, he was one of the, his name is Iliodor. He had basically tried to turn the royal family against Rasputin and it didn't work. Uh, it resulted in him getting banished from St. Petersburg and being stripped of this position in the Orthodox Church. Uh, the woman claimed, the woman who assassinated him claimed that she didn't do it on this guy's orders, but the cops and Rasputin were both like, pretty sure you did it because he told you to. Uh, and he fled the country before he could be questioned. And uh, the woman God, was. God, you know, isn't that just like. Isn't that, that just, just the way? Isn't that just the way? You go out there and you murder Rasputin as a woman. And they're like, no, a man had to have done this. Let women murder. You have to work twice as hard to kill as many fucking mad monks. Um, it's, it's so fucking. It's so wild. Especially because, again, it was fairly. Could have died um like came very close to dying and like it was a pretty like one and done thing like even when they did manage to kill him it was like such a series of bumbling fuck-ups it kind of reads like a three stooges bit um that being said i, yeah, I was, was gonna try to do a three stooges voice but you but now i'm just <laughs> imagining a three stooges bit where they do try to kill rescue <laughs> I know. I, I'm like, no. I would actually watch the shit out of that. Like that. That that's hysterical. I love it. Um, just kill Rasputin. Yes, that would be so fucking good. I would watch the hell out of that. Um, remember when they Rasputin. tried to make? A three- <laughs> remember when they tried to make a Three Stooges reboot movie like five or six years ago? I don't. They did. They did. It was weird. Um, it didn't do well for very obvious reasons of like why. Why I think most of the reviews were this is bad. Why are you making us? Why are you doing this? Who who wanted this? Who was responsible for this? And so basically, yeah, she was found not to be guilty due to insanity. Because here's the thing: is people fucking hated Rasputin. Everyone except the Tsarina hated Rasputin. And the problem with that is, is the Tsarina that and the Russian Nate Haywood. And Nate Haywood. But the Russian public didn't already kind of didn't trust the Tsarina because she was like from uh Germany and this was around World War II. So they were uh, World War Two, World War One, sorry. World War and One. So they were yep, like yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so they were like, hmm. So it was they already kind of didn't like her, and then that made it worse, and then that made it worse, worse, worse. Um So the important thing to understand about that is like, yeah, the fact that she was so adamant that he basically remain a part of the royal family's immediate inner circle was pissing off a lot of people. Um, And the thing about most monarchies is they're sustained by the fact that they managed to keep the aristocracy happy. When you stop making the aristocracy happy, you start, they start sort of stepping back and letting the angry uh, fucking proletariat sort of do whatever the fuck they want. Um, that being said, Rasputin's death is not the most interesting thing about him, nor is the assassination attempt, although that one is pretty interesting. One of the most, one of the things that's sort of spread about him the most, but has, of course, like, some people say it was true, some people say it was true with caveats, some people say it was completely made up by the people who hate him, but oh, this so is not a real stick. No, the 13 inch, I'm pretty sure we have that 13 inch dick of his like in a museum somewhere. There Nate, was a rumor that. 
There was a rumor that his dick had been cut off, like, during the during the Three Stooges murder attempt, but, like, the doctor who did the autopsy was like, no, he had his dick with him. Which is just like, can you imagine being that fucking doctor and having like, nope, saw his dick, please stop asking me about it. Um, I just want to know why Nate just sat down and was like, so, heard you have a 13-inch dick. I'd like to compare it to the other one I've had yeah. in me. Yeah, like the other one that's been God, like, yeah, can you imagine... Yeah. Should we just the make the joke? Type. Should we make the horrible, inappropriate cervix joke now, or should we save it? Should we really save it? Uh, I, I, I think, I think, I think, savor it. I think we're not quite at the Ant Man Thanos thing yet. I think that might be an appropriate place to put it. Yeah. Um, that will be. Is this is a real sect that did exist? So I am going to talk about it. I am going to state this with the caveat of we don't, it's not, it's like, you know how we definitely know that Benjamin Franklin was in the Hellfire Club, but like the Hellfire Club didn't keep a fucking attendance list. So like, we know he was Benjamin totally Franklin in the Hellfire Club. Benjamin Franklin is actually Club. the inspiration for Emma. I'm genuinely sad they haven't done an episode about Benjamin Franklin being a huge fucking. They did. They did? When? Oh, no, not Legends. I thought you meant uh, Shane Madej. Oh, no, I meant, yes, they did. They did. They did. I meant like, um. That being said, it's like we don't we don't like again, uh it tends to be that secret religious sects don't keep like fucking uh membership sort of attendance lists anywhere. So whether or not he was like part of this and attended the meetings, and there's no minutes that confirm this. However, it's assumed that he at least had some contact with this with this cult. Um now you're going to listen to me try to pronounce the name. It's called the Kyklists. Um also known as the uh, fucking Chiliasts. I wish, um, I wish Sonia, I don't know where she is. I know she's had a lot of family stuff, but I'm like, there were so many things about this episode that I needed you to experience. And you're not here right now. That's fair. That's fair. I'm just I'm just someone who's like interested in it like in a very like historical sense. This is, you know, I would love to see an actual Russian's perspective on this. That mm-hmm. being said, so the thing about this sect is that um they did totally exist they had about 40,000 followers um that they so many people yeah i mean for russia eh, but still decent amount um they believed in the possibility of being able to directly commune with the holy spirit much in the way that like the pentecostal fire blessed the apostles um don't know what that they- means Okay, so I'm not, I'm not, basically after Christ died, he sent, he sent the Holy Spirit to the apostles to basically give them the power to speak in tongues and spread the gospel through the word, um, through the world. Okay. Um, yeah, the, the, long story short, it's, it's, Can it's I the ask Holy Spirit that's related to this. Yes, go for it. Okay. There was a huge stampede tragedy in Russia in the late, late 19th century, like the 1890s. I think it was Nicholas II was, was czar already did that stampede come into play later when everybody was like you people suck ass that was i are you talking about the uh bloody sunday hold on i was in 905 and that was sort of a stampede and sort of a we're just gonna fucking start shooting civilians because no no this was um hold on Dinka tragedy. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yes. Yes. This was okay. uh actually during this was during his coronation. <laughs> so right. like oops. Whoopsie. 
Um, that's that's definitely that's definitely a hell of a thing to ring in your coronation with. Um, the death it resulted in the deaths of one thousand three hundred eighty-nine people, which yeah, humongous stampeding death. I mean, uh, that's why that's why my that's why I have that fixation on like proud Crushing stampede because I'm so afraid of it. But we don't need to talk about that right now. I just wanted to remind everybody that uh, hey, I'm here to talk about crowd crushing stampeding deaths. Hey, how are you doing? That's fair. That's fair. Anyway, like, listen, I totally, I totally understand. Um, but yeah, so that's totally a thing. And I'm sure, like, basically, this guy, who by all accounts was, like, a, a good husband and a, a loving father, but was just maybe the shittiest ruler, the, the worst absolute monarch that there has ever been. J- just dumb as hell, didn't know how to do things, um, and just working, really just, like, pushing shit uphill um, at all times. Guy was an idiot. Anyway. Um, so back to the cult thing. The cult was, the idea was, outside of the direct communication of the Holy Spirit, was to practice asceticism. Uh, the asceticism was expressed by their attempts to attain divine grace um, for sin in ecstatic rituals. The ecstatic rituals, which could be anything from self-flagellation to just speaking in tongues to orgies. Um, because, you know, and again, a lot of this is, like, probably slightly sensationalized and lurid, but, like, that's not out of the question. That That is actually a thing that could have happened. Um, they were basically, the philosophy was that foremost idea outside of the Holy Spirit thing was salvation could only be attained by total repentance. And this became more achievable the more you transgressed. Sin in order that you may obtain forgiveness was effectively. So basically, sin as much as you possibly fucking can, and then go like fucking speed run your reconciliation, and then you will be able to clip, you will be able to no clip directly into heaven. Um, and that was kind of the driving force behind a lot of the um sort of the stuff at play. So the reason that Rasputin got accused of being a Kaihlist was because he was, for whatever fucking reason, uh, allowed in the uh, nursery to the... Like, the Grand Duchesses had, like, their own separate... They were all unmarried and, like, fairly young. So, like, they had, like, what was basically what we would think. So he was just allowed to hang out, like, in the nursery with these four unmarried young girls. So uh, their governess was like, excuse me. No, 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 no. No. Yeah. So... It was, it was, so it was like, they were basically like, he's already kind of a creep and has a lot of accusations of fucking people. So we're gonna, because we're worried about him possibly having fucked one of the Imperial princesses, we're gonna make a big fucking to-do about him being part of what was effectively like a, a, a weird fucking orthodox sex cult. Um, again, it probably had a kernel of truth in it, but there's really no way to know for sure for a variety of reasons but here's the thing is i'm telling you all this one because i find it incredibly interesting um and two because i think it would have been so much more interesting for rasputin's plot in this episode to have been okay well clearly the the clearly the sin thing didn't work out because i went to hell when i died so clearly i wasn't sinning hard enough and i need to do something super duper bad so i can be turbo forgiven and to do that i'm gonna do the worst thing i can think of which is murder the romanovs and that would have been really interesting and would have been in line with some historical depictions of him instead he 
No. Like you wait, you wait, you wasted one of the most interesting fucking. You wasted the Mad Monk. Fuck you. <laughs> like I'm so mad about how they just. I mean, he yeah, also was kind of just. He was kind of just Ozzy Osbourne. Was Ozzy Osbourne, which I think again that would have been interesting in and of itself. Where like I don't know, we accidentally Rasputin because he did that whole thing with the TV, which was at least a little bit interesting. But you could have done that with almost any pre-television historical figure. So it doesn't count. But the idea of him like accidentally sort of going into the future and like getting it, like becoming a roadie for Black Sabbath or a Black Sabbath knockoff would have been so fucking funny. But we didn't I mean, get it. Like you, you guys fucked up the Mad Monk. I'm so mad. I'm so, so mad. Um, especially because another fun thing is like all that stuff about how he could he could heal Alexei of his hemophilia, which is why I always make those mm-hmm. Nate Haywood Romanov jokes, is he actually he didn't or he probably didn't but like he sent a letter when alexei was having like a really fucking bad episode like they thought he was gonna die um the Zarina sent him a letter rasputin a letter like oh my god my son is dying please help please pray to god and he like sent back a letter that was like god has decided that this little one will not die also don't move him like specifically said like do not move him don't touch him let him be and within a couple days he was fine Here's the thing, though, is like that was just a lucky guess because, you know, someone with hemophilia and incredibly delicate skin and probably very brittle bones, if you don't touch them, that will probably do a lot in regards to not bruising and bleeding them. So he just sort of took a shot in the dark and accidentally, like, saved this kid's life. Um is my favorite thing in the world because that was like the make or break moment where the Zarina was like this is truly a holy healer who's been sent by God um, to save my son. So he sort of bungled his way into a major fucking position in the dynasty on accident and I just, I love it. I really fucking do. It's so good. Um, oh my god. It's so fucking funny. There I, so like, I'm just disappointed. There's so many good plot lines we could have had. Like, why did you... There's so many like, good plot what? lines we could have had. What? Why did you is truly the Legends of Tomorrow story. Yeah, yeah but I am... So, I'm just like, guys, come on. I'm literally Damn just it. thinking about how Entertainment Weekly or something was like, Phil finally tells us, like, how Zari's changed. And I'm like, she's a social media... I'm like, yeah, she's a social media... Phil kicking in the door. She's a social media... Like, we knew. Yeah, we know that. We knew that, Phil. Yeah, we knew. I think, I mean, I'm assuming that they just kind of had, like, a refresher course in case you weren't listening. Because, I mean, admittedly, the last episode was 30 years ago. So, like, it's been a while. Um, That being said, I think the thing is also, like, where's my train of thought with this? The other, and this is a minor quibble, admittedly. But this is such a fucking Americans only know two historical figures thing that it pissed me off a little bit. Is like when Ava's pretending to be like a member of the member of the family, she's mistaken for Anastasia. But when Anastasia died, she was like 17. Ava does not look like a 17-year-old girl. If they'd been if they'd mistaken her for Olga or Tatiana, that would have been one thing because they were like in their 20s and like that would have been like all right fine fair enough but then they just went with anastasia and you know they only did that because that's the only one of them that anyone knows but like at that point you know what fuck it just lean in have her be mistaken for alexei why fuck alexei was actually there alexei was actually there and that makes me think they should have done it even more 
It's me, Alexi. Alexia's yeah. oh, down here. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, I want, like, if you're gonna do it, you have to do it as stupidly as possible because otherwise it's not funny. So you can't just sort of do the lazy reference that you only do because you know no one's really gonna know it. Like, do it. Just go fucking full. Like, come on. Do it, coward. Um. So, yeah, with that in mind, uh, I just... They threw so Ray into Rasputin, and they did, they did the thing where everybody said, "Well, if Ant Man crawls up Thanos's butt and enlargens, won't that kill him?" And so they threw Ray into Rasputin's mouth, and then told him to embiggen, and he did it. And like as as I pointed out to Arya last night, like I think this is Ray's first kill, and they kind of tricked him into it. Because, like, you were like, well, yeah. if, if this worked so well, why don't they just have him do that every time? And I'm like, because they would have to... I, mean, I know it's because they wouldn't do it, but if they don't at least suggest it every single time from now on, I will be disappointed. Because it does seem like something Sarah's going to try to get him to do again. I know Ray won't because he's Ray, but, like, it'd be really... Come on, you have to at least suggest it now. But, um, Honestly, and, and the joke the was, too. when he embiggened and... Oh, and exploded and I was just like is that what fucking him is like is that what happens yes. is well, that what happens to your goes, I guess does matter and then they he all says, like laugh does matter. and I got in my car and I killed Phil Clemmer in person <laughs> I drove to his house and I stabbed him in the middle of the night with a big big knife yelling size matters and allegedly allegedly <laughs> I would do that I would never actually do that um here's the thing size matters is the name of nate's uh vice reality show where he goes around having uh sex with people with I'm big dicks so i'm so angry um i want to actually address this reminds me of something i want to address briefly is i saw people wondering what the fuck time travel sex tourism is and i'm like Okay, first off, you are all a bunch of entry-level nerds because if you don't realize that this is people, there are absolutely people who are like, I would travel back in time to have sex with this historical figure. I thought that was a pretty well-accepted part of, like, historical record-keeping in academia. So, like, yes, of course there's historical sex tourism. That's totally a thing. That's interesting. I know we're never going to see it because the, the cable TV show. But, it, like, it's actually a fun concept because I do feel like people would absolutely abuse that. Um, that being said so the thing that um the interesting thing that they did was like they talked about the soul coins in a way where i'm like i would love if at some point in the season they have to go play poker in hell to win the coins like to, to play play for the chips basically i would love that um i don't know shit about card i mean and i say i don't know shit about card games and my uncle both of my uncles it and my grandfather played poker. referring to the they pretty good episode the i was fucking playing neopets i was just down the i was at the other side of the basement and i still didn't know what the fuck was going on on account of being like eight but like they had like a full poker setup um ari is going freeze you're under arrest gotcha gotcha bitch <laughs> I've been a cop this whole time, but like no, so, I'm kidding. Fuck cops. That's fair. Fuck cops. But like that being said, um, was my try. I had a point with this, right? Okay, so I love poker. It doesn't matter whether or not you know the rules to poker. If you do it right, it's just high. It's just it's just a way to do some really good tension. Um, one of the best fucking fights in all of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is a poker match. 
So, like, I would fucking love if they do a poker tournament in hell. Especially because for all of this show's myriad flaws, they did that really fun thing with the triumvirate where they're all just a bunch of old white men. Like, I want yeah. a poker tournament in hell like that. With, like, a bunch of old that fucking white men. That of hell. Oh my god. When they were, like... When the when John Constantine's friend possessed a child to come find him, I was literally just like Orpheus. I've taken the form of Catherine the Great's horse to teach you a lesson about fighting up more than you can chew. Yeah, I like, is that yeah. what's going to be happening this season? God, I hope so. I will say what I did actually going back to just to briefly touch on John and because uh, again a thousand fucking things happened in this episode. I did find it interesting where you know how we talked a lot about how Gary like oscillated a lot between being a dogged yeah. nice guy and being kind of a dick is I yeah. think I was interested by the fact that he seems to be like I was definitely being manipulated and was no way secretly doing things that were evil or bad and like was doing all of this against my will with like a wink wink nudge nudge so I'm mm -hmm. like I do think it's interesting it's a it's a good way to leave the door open to an actually he's just a bastard thing or to just have that be the end of it and just have them be like, actually, yeah, I was being manipulated. And it could really be read either way. Obviously, I think it's the former. But, like, that just depends on if they bother doing anything with it. Because, again, it's Legends. Will they continue to do anything with this? Uh... So that was interesting. A nice wink and a nod sort of acknowledgement of the situation. Pretty well handled. I could so, honestly um, see... Um, Maisie, oh, also, I said to you last night, I was like, do you think that they had Maisie come on set for one episode, which would have cost way more money? Or do you think they just waited until she was filming episodes later and just put her in? And Katie was filming, um, everybody was sort of like at her apartment, I think, like watching last night. And she's like, this is the one scene Maisie uh -huh. was on set for. And I was like, fantastic. <laughs> Outstanding. Oh, good. None of you. So you guys just don't know how to budget. Thank God. This is why you can't afford... God, you fucking idiots. This is why, um, this is why you had to fire Brandon because you couldn't afford this is fucking salary fucking anymore. Allegedly. 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 That being said, okay, so I want to give a dis um, I want to give a brief disclaimer for anyone. So if you if you listen to this podcast and you're interested in Nate and Zari, um, I advise that you just not listen to the next... I'll let you know when I'm done. Uh, Let's make it you quick, honestly, because yeah, I'm to not. Keep I'm not gonna take through. Yeah, we're gonna make you we're gonna make our points, points quick. Yeah, I mean, listen. At this point, we say that, and then we take twenty minutes. But I am gonna try one because I really don't like making this a big negativity fuss. Yeah, exactly. Two, because, yeah, but like, I do want to say some things briefly, just because as a romance enthusiast, I'm mad. This has nothing to do with the ship itself. I'm not going to be like, Nate and Sorry Zari sucks because this ship is better. I'm just going to be critiquing certain things from the perspective of somebody who spends all of their time writing romantic relationships between people. So um, from that perspective, here we go. I'll tell you when you can come back. You also in. write a lot of um, semen between people. And that is something Nate and Zari are significantly lacking that I think would okay, help a lot. No, listen, I, have gotten, I have gotten so many compliments on the absolutely depraved pornography I've been posting. And I mean, genuinely, so people like you. this funny and character driven and i'm like thank you so much um not usually the compliment one's anticipating on a luridly sexual piece of pornography however thank you so i am qualified to speak about that as well but this is speaking from a strictly romantic perspective um so 
you can't make me retroactively care about a romantic relationship. This episode tried really hard, but missed the fundamental point of like a lot of tropes that I actually genuinely really like by ignoring the fact that you can't do them after the fact where it's like they did the Nate can't quite remember her. He's like trying to remember someone who he knows was important to him, but he can't quite grasp it. They want to have that fucking moment at the end of the last unicorn where Amalfi is looking at Lear and going, I remember you, but they don't have it because like we didn't, that's supposed to be a moment of like tenderness and love. Would you two fucking knock it off? I'm in the middle of something. Sorry, cats are fighting. For those of you who are looking forward to my cats fighting on our podcast again, fuck you both. I really thought I'd be able to get through a fucking episode without it. Anyway, so with that in mind, it's like you can't, that was a moment that was sort of the denouement of this fucking epic love and longing and loss and grief and like, and 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 the, 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 the missed opportunity for a lifetime together maybe not a happy ending but a a happy life well lived that you can't you can't do that shit after the fact and that would have been one thing and i would have just rolled my eyes and did whatever but then they did that shit where they had her do like the fucking leia nurse joy hologram thing where she like shows up and she's basically like find me in the future and i'm like no you can't do that either because when sophie and Hal do that it's fucking amazing because you watch their relationship grow and develop and you're so you're realizing oh my they god on, like, they went on like two dates and i just feel like it was a little like and that's the thing is like i'm looking forward to where the relationship goes because maybe they can develop something from here but with what we got last season it was cute and I had no problem with it but it was not like i actually liked it because it wasn't it was like fine. epic it was cute. It was fun. It was people learning how to get sort of how to love again in that way. And so for them to just sort of jump into what was really Nate and Amaya's thing, which is that sort yeah. of epic romance. It yeah, just like a miracle like, romance. It, it kind of cheapened a lot of things because it's like you're just, I mean, and that's the thing. It's like we also have to look at it from the perspective of like, I know you guys are doing it because you just want like them to remember Zari so they can get her back on the ship as fast as possible. And like, if you're like, okay, if Nate, if Nate sees this, uh, then he'll remember faster and we can move on with that plot point faster. And it's also something where it's like, you could have had everyone kind of low key remembering her a little bit. Like Zari didn't just have, I would argue that her relationship with Nate was one of like, up until last season, like important, but not as important as her relationship with like Amaya. Amaya. I admittedly. But like Charlie, Mick, fucking fuck ray even like you don't i mean it's it was also one of i'm kind of like yeah of course she loves him all the legends love each other yeah like it was just it was a thing where it's like again this isn't even really knocking on the ship specifically i just didn't want to like hurt anybody's feelings in case so that's why i put the disclaimer there but it is something mm -hmm. where it's like no you don't those moments aren't for this kind of ship they're not for you you don't you can't do a fucking like that doesn't it doesn't work and like that. And I'm okay. Do you want it? Do you want it to be like cute and fun? Or do you want to um like a cause it's like it's that thing where it's like if they're gonna try to make the new Nate and Zari reboot relationship like that, fine, I guess, but it it just it, it the order of events is all wrong. And it's yeah, like exactly. if you want 
fun, cute ship, like, that's fine. But if you're going to start slinging around epic romance tropes, I'm going to evaluate it based on those metrics, and it fails. So, you know, pick 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 a lane and stay in it, my man. And listen, and, if you're uh, out here shipping, shipping Zarya and Nate out of spite, God bless you with the purest emotion there is. Don't let us take that from you. Listen, you know, there, there are absolutely worse things you could ship out of spite. This is fairly healthy. I mean, it is. It's very healthy, and it's cute. You go on spite shipping it. This just did not mesh for us. Yeah, I'm not a cop. I don't, I don't have any problem with people shipping it. I do have a problem with how they can't seem to decide how they want to write it. But I'm also like, honestly, sometimes why people ship things has nothing to do with how they're being portrayed in canon. Um, you That's know, I have this fair. big, long about how I would argue that a lot of fandom is effectively just a widespread comedia del art. And I know what you're thinking. I'm going to fucking kill you with my bare hands, you pretentious fucking bitch. And like, completely fair. More than fair. Um, but I do mean it because it's like, you know how like we have those debates every so often with white male characters that pop up in fandom where they just, despite mm -hmm. having maybe like five lines in canon, but they get assigned this very specific kind of personality. Like, based on what was effectively just the personality of the last white guy that this happened to in some major media property. That actually, you actually gave me a perfect transition into this because I wanted to mention before we end the episode how concerned I have been about how much Tala has said, like, you're not going to like Zarya at first and that's okay. Like, almost trying to brace for all the hate she knows this character is going to get for being bratty. And I'm like, I, said, I said that earlier where I was like, I feel like she's did. just trying to fucking out ahead of it and you that makes did. me sad and i just wanted to elaborate on that a little more because she even in like instagram stories was like you know i didn't like her at first and then suddenly i loved her where i'm like it's so i'm like people will stand the shittiest men on the planet earth but god forbid a female character is a little obnoxious even a little bit it's pretty fucking disgusting honestly and so that's um, why I'm like, going to, I'm going to be loving Zari. And I also just want to mention this. I believe I mentioned this in the season finale. Tala is new Zari because the Black Adam movie is coming out in 2021. And especially since now we know they're getting a season six because they want to make it to 100 episodes. Or that'll probably be season, yeah. oh my god, if there's a seventh season. Um, but... But, like, we cannot use Tomaz. I mean, maybe she'll come back. Maybe she'll come back with her memories. I don't see her maybe not. But, like, there there's some real restrictions on that. She comes back with her... Per I think she's going to come back with her personality and her memories. But they're just going to agree to have it be this version of Zari that they've made up. But with those mm -hmm. personality and memories. And, yeah, you can have your cake and eat eat it too if you want at this point because as long as she just doesn't have the exact same name as the as as the one in the move it's fine it's fine it's fine, it's um, fine. i also hope that maybe learn i just hope they learn their fucking lesson from the whole kerfuffle that was the flash where they effectively gutted anything that was good about the flash tv show for the flash movie that uh didn't get made so yeah my favorite, my favorite things thing. are that the only thing anybody could talk about about the crossover was like nobody gives a died like good stay dead what are you gonna do get deader but um yeah the fact that ezra showed up and um brandon's dick and that was it and like the lack of concern anyone showed for like oliver dying is so delicious to me and like the things legends let's just end the episode with this the things legends had the characters say about oliver dying were so fucking funny so fucking good 
Well, like, I'm like, so good. And it's also it's in character for Ava, who I want to say, and I don't, I again, it's been a long episode and I'm really tired. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. Ava, incredibly autistic. All this episode did was reinforce my belief that this is an autistic fucking woman. Holy shit. Everything she does or says is just, yep, that's it. That's my autistic trans wife. Um, so continue. Sorry. Yeah, I love her. She is perfect. Um, I mean, every time I do that, it's great. It's not a complaint. I think it's adorable. I love it. Yeah, no, I know. I was, I was, I was adding to the fact that, you know, I was agreeing with you. I know. I was the bus. It's okay. I knew you were. I just wanted, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just wanted to add that. Sorry. Continue. Um, I actually think we should end the episode with this ask I got. I was actually thinking about opening it, but I thought it was a little hard. um, I was like, oh, shit. She didn't open with person, that. Oh, shit. From the person that sent us. No, I wanted to open with Eli Manning not being there anymore. That's fair. From That's the person fair. who b- brought us, don't you think it's messed up that McMurray is a homophobe? She's <laughs> <laughs> still framed in your house. Um, the Here we go. Oh boy. <laughs> Fuck. It's so good. I think it's pretty concerning okay. and gross that Ava slut-shamed her girlfriend and belittled, belittled her upset over her friend dying. All of it might have been gross, but y'all excuse so much shit Ava does just because she's a woman and it's disgusting. If your partner treats you like Ava treats Sarah fucking around, it's not cute. I want to mention that this person I do believe loves Sarah and Oliver and is like, this is it, this is the peak of relationships. And I'm like... Oh. My... Goodness gracious. There are tears in my eyes. There are tears in my eyes. It's so good. Um, It's so good. We like to talk. We like to talk a lot, clearly. We wouldn't do a podcast if we didn't like to talk. I think we're going to let that comment speak for itself because, oh my God. What are we supposed to do when we're spending all this time trying? She just comes in and fucking annihilates it, just nails it. Like, what? Buddy, buddy, what, buddy. what are we doing? I'm just sitting here doing it like a fucking asshole. Like, what? I love, like, I just love when you just put words together and, and assume they mean, like, anything. Like, it's just really, really brave of you words, to bring words d- Words don't mean anything, everybody. Fruit punch, vacuum cleaner, balls. Asbestos. Like, nothing, nothing, you know, nothing matters, you know? Just, like, fuck it. Like, whatever. Be as postmodern as you want. Just string sentences together. Words mean nothing. Like, it doesn't fucking matter anymore, man. Um, but yeah. Uh, and that's what I mean, where it's like, listen, this is, this is a dumb show, but we're not as dumb as the people who send asks like that. And you know what? I will take that as a, as a fucking victory. I think we gotta get it where you, where you can. All right. I gotta, um... I gotta take get him but yeah uh anyway really tired we've Gonna got like go a, bed soon. we've got like a two-week hiatus because not only are they ending arrow then like arrow the journey of making this garbage show so i oh think we God. have to wait another week for legends but um until or next whatever. time keep it in box until next time we'll be uh we'll be here good to good to be back missed y'all uh thanks for listening in uh love you good night